yeah, listener, welcome back to another episode of the Coco and Daltz podcast. The first of 2021. All brand new year, brand new mojo, brand new luck, brand new vibe. I'm not Coco. And I'm not Daltz. And what are we talking about with our very first, now I don't like to say very first because it's either first or it's not at all. I mean, very first is kind of redundant, but what are we doing with our very first podcast of 2021, Coco? And the very first podcast of our fourth season. Oh, we are so successful. We are entering our fourth year of doing the podcast, which we get paid so much money for. I read somewhere that (laughs) 75% of podcasts fail after the first year. Because they're probably not getting paid either. So why bother? They get jobs. So our first episode of our fourth season, we are reviewing Wonder Woman 1984, which was released on HBO Max on Christmas Day, I believe. It was also released in a handful of theaters, but... It's actually playing in the theater down the street from us. But who's uh, going to a theater in a pandemic? Not me. Nor I. So Wonder Woman 1984 is about Wonder Woman in the year 1984. I was wondering about that. So Diana Prince is a, uh, she does something at the Smithsonian. She's pining, no pun intended, for Steve Trevor, who died at the end of World War One. Played by Chris Pine, for those who didn't get that reference. Played by Chris Pine. Uh, Diana Prince, played by Gal Gadot or Gal Gadot. I don't, I've heard it pronounced both ways. Anyways. I prefer Gadot myself. So Wonder Woman, uh, her day job is as some kind of scientist at the Smithsonian, where she meets... Barbara Minerva, who's a gemologist and a bunch of other ologists, also at the Smithsonian, (laughs) played by Kristen Wiig. Mm -hmm. They become friends. In the backdrop of all this is evil madman Maxwell Lord, played by Mandalorian Pedro Pascal, who uh, becomes, through various convoluted means, a... (laughs) genie in a lamp that will grant people's wishes because he wants to bring about the end of the world or something or something yeah. i'm not really sure what his motivation was there i think it's very similar to hard kill where the guy had that one code that shut everything down oh, okay right so yeah so wonder woman uh her wish is for steve trevor to come back to life which he does and a lot of the movie is spent trying to fight Maxwell Lord, but then Barbara Minerva becomes Cheetah. So there's a battle at the end between Wonder Woman and Cheetah as well. And apparently not, not to be confused with Cheetos. Right. That's she what, doesn't become Cheeto. I battle Cheetos every day, let me tell you. And <laughs> and I had the slanket on today to prove it too. Well, in the so. last four years we've been ba- battling a Cheeto as well. Right. Yeah, yeah, true. That's not to get political or anything. Yeah. So and then at the end, I guess all's well that ends well. Surprisingly. Yeah. The day is saved and apparently there's no consequences <laughs> for anybody who did anything nefarious and right. the end. So, so we should also mention that this was the back half of a double header that we did a wonder woman double header yeah we actually never managed to see the first wonder woman so we watched it last night before watching wonder woman 84 today for research purposes only right which so and a little bit more background is the first wonder woman 
came out to much acclaim, actually, much surprising acclaim. Uh, and this one, not so much. Yeah, people have really been ripping on Wonder Woman 84. Yeah. And I believe Daltz is going to add his voice to that, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Is that your way of volleying the ball across the net to me to offer up my opinion? As, as a matter of fact, it is. Very nicely done. Thank you. I, I uh, So, as I mentioned, uh, the first one was released too much acclaim. The second one released Christmas Day, as Coco said, uh, and was... It has been pretty much shredded, I think, <laughs> in terms of reviews. Um, and so I had very high expectations for the first one and very low expectations for the second one. And I actually liked the first one better than I thought I was going to. And No, sorry. I didn't like the first one as well as I thought I was going to. And the second one, I liked it better than I thought I was going to. So the one that got shredded, I was like, that's actually not so bad. And the first one, I was like, eh, well, no, just another superhero movie. So I, uh, I wasn't, you know, these are these are interchangeable. These movies to me, you know, uh, first act is uh, some sort of conflict introduced. Second act is uh, try to figure out the conflict, and third act is resolution. And we're pretty much on formula for that in the, these two movies. Uh, Gal Gadot was not great. Um, I know that you're a big, big Chris Pine fan. I. <laughs> I, uh, I, yeah, I was not all the way in on Chris Pine either. And some of the acting, other acting performances, I actually thought Pedro Pascal, who is the actor who plays Mandalorian, obviously behind a mask and doesn't really get to do much acting, um, in that role. He was pretty good. I know he got uh, torn apart in, uh, some reviews and I, I didn't think he was so bad. I mean, a villain, a villain isn't really, I don't think a hard role to play because, you can be over the top, like mm-hmm. Jack Nicholson's Joker, for example, uh, going all the way back there. Um, so I didn't think he was so bad. But what did you think, Coco? <laughs> now that I've totally said what I thought. <laughs> so the first movie, I I didn't love it. I was expecting like you to like it more than I did because it just got lavish praise. Mm-hmm. It was just okay. Mm-hmm. I'd give it like a B minus maybe. In the first movie, I wasn't really buying the love story between <laughs> right. Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor. Yeah. Um, well, considering she's an Amazon woman from this island where it's just all women. Which, by the way, that's something I wanted to add. If if I were just chilling on an island with my girlfriends, I wouldn't be wandering around dressed like a dominatrix, so, right? Yeah, like, they're all wearing this provocative, sexy clothing, right. and it's just a bunch of women. Like, I understand maybe some lesbians in the crowd or whatever. Like, I get that maybe, but not everybody. You don't have to dress for the man if the man is not around anymore. Well, I have heard the theory that a lot of women dress for other women, mm-hmm. you know. Well, that could be true, too. Yeah, so, which I understand, but I'm like, dude, you know what? If I'm, I mean, dude, you're... You and I live together and I'm walking around in a slanket. Like if I'm just on an island with chicks, like there's no way I'm wearing leather, you know. I'm I think you're gonna be practical about it. Yeah, I think that would be the wise choice. It's like full time sweatpants if I'm on right. an island full of chicks. So. You're wearing leather in the Mediterranean on the beach and there's <laughs> right. sand everywhere. It's like and that I'm, just doesn't work. I'm in some kind of like competition where I'm riding horses and doing archery <laughs> right. and yeah, it's like wipeout on ABC. Like There's gotta be chafing going on. Yeah, totally. So not to get sidetracked. Which no, that we totally was a good did. point though. But yeah. 
yeah, so I didn't like the first one as much as I thought it would, considering the praise it got. I'd give it like a B minus ish or so. And the second one was just awful. Um, <laughs> there were high points to it. I thought Kristen Wiig did a really good oh, job. Yeah. Yeah, she I, was good. I enjoyed her performance a lot. And I really liked how her character, how the costuming and mm-hmm. like the styling mm-hmm. with her hair and her makeup. Mm-hmm. It like, evolved. Yeah, it totally evolved. Yeah. So in the beginning, you know, she was mousy. And then as she got more confident, her, her, you know, clothing and her hair and makeup reflected that and then at the end when she was just like i want to be an apex predator now she's got like <laughs> the runny eyeliner and mascara and her hair is just white blonde with roots grown out and she, she looked like tanya harding i thought yeah she totally did so i really liked um i liked her performance i liked uh what they did with her character with the styling mm-hmm. i still liked chris pine like his he wasn't given a lot to do with his character like Basically, the genders were flipped, and he was the classic girlfriend role. Yeah, with yeah. not a lot of character development, not a lot to do. But what what there was to do with it, I liked it. He got like all the funny lines in both movies. Right. Um, I like that he delivered them. He's really good at at dry comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I also liked. Uh, I didn't hate Pedro Pascal. Mm-hmm. I thought he was good until the last half hour or so. And then he was just pure 100% ham. <laughs> um, and then I was just like, can this be over already? Like, <laughs> oh, God. you know. But otherwise, yeah, the movie was just, it was at least an hour too long. Yeah. It took way too long to set everything up and then, you know, push the events into motion. Yep. The plot was convoluted. Mm-hmm. I still don't understand why Maxwell Lord wanted to grant people's wishes and get power. He's like, well, if I grant their wish, I can take something from them and then I can get my health back. And I'm like, but you don't need to not have your health if right. you just don't become the genie. So like, <laughs> right. what are you, what are you doing? Right. Like, I don't, why did you want to become the, the, the magic, lamp in the first place? Yeah. The magic yeah. wishing rock in the first place. Yeah. So I didn't understand that. It was just too long, too draggy. I didn't get it. And yeah, Gal Gadot is stunningly gorgeous, but mm-hmm. just can't act. Although at the very end, when she had to say goodbye to Steve Trevor for a second time, mm-hmm. I thought she did a very good job. You were feeling I, that? Yeah, right? I thought I thought the goodbye scene was really good. But mm-hmm. like the rest of it, you know. Eh. I agree with everything you said. When I say that uh, I like the second one more than I like the first one, uh, it was more about expectations. And I agree with mm-hmm. everything you said is that uh, the, the movie was way too long, that plot was way convoluted and the whole wish thing i just didn't understand and i I turned to you at one point uh coco and i said i just wish this movie would be over like that's my wish (laughs) (laughs) can we just get out of here and that was another thing too was so maxwell lord he so what you have to do is everybody has to renounce their wishes for the world to go back to normal because right. basically it's just complete anarchy going on. And Maxwell Lord only renounces his wish when he's able to see through the lasso of truth, his son <laughs> out wandering around this like post-apocalyptic DC mm-hmm. looking for his dad. And he's like, no, I need to save my son. I renounce my wish. And I'm like, you just spent the last two hours trying to shove your kid off mm-hmm. on every secretary in your office because you don't have time for your kid. And now suddenly you have an attack of fatherly conscience mm-hmm. and you renounce your wish. I'm like, that's that's BS. Yeah. So... Yeah, I just wasn't buying the whole thing. And I wasn't buying the fact that uh, in order for the world to go back to normal, everybody had to renounce their wish. So you're talking about what? 
9 billion people trying to... Well, back in 84, it was probably like right. 4 billion people. Right. But, but still, still, yeah. You're not going to get... You're going to get 9... Or you're going to get 4 billion people to agree on anything. Right. It's like, no, I kind of like being uh, the the king of all of, that is evil. We can't even get 12 senators to <laughs> agree that the election was free and fair and fraudless. So how are we right. going to get 4 billion people to be like, yeah, no, man, I like having $8 billion in my bank account, so I'm good. And the other thing that was really distracting about this movie is it so... Wonder Woman 1984. The 1984 had very little to do with this movie. Right. So the music, I loved the fact that they had Welcome to the Pleasure Dome was in one of the scenes. Mm -hmm. That was really awesome. But it didn't, like, they didn't camp it up as much as I thought they would. I mean, I guess they they didn't want to go over the top and maybe they should get credit for that. But it's the 80s. Go over, the 80s are over the top by definition. There was a scene where Wonder Woman is taking Steve Trevor around and showing him dc and how it's changed mm-hmm. in the 70 years since he's been dead and there's a scene of them walking outside and there are people break dancing but there's no break dancing music right. like there right. should be herbie hancock or something yeah. on in the background it's like it's, a symphony or something yeah and yeah it it should just be wall-to-wall 80s pop hits yeah. and it was just every other superhero movie with like an orchestral score yeah and it just didn't uh, i mean the you could tell that they put, spent money on the sets. Like the sets were throwbacks. They had all the old cars from the mm-hmm. 80s. They had the fashions. Like they put some right. thought into it, but it just didn't feel like, like the 80s had nothing to do with the storyline whatsoever. Right, no. And it was just kind of tangential. And it could have very easily been, you know, the 60s or they could right. have been the 90s. I mean, it just it didn't make any sense. Like there was no reason to have Pedro Pascal's character. Like it wasn't like he could only exist mm-hmm. in 1984. It wasn't, right. that wasn't the case at all. There's been hucksters and con men throughout history. Like right. this could have taken place in the fifties. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, so it didn't really make any sense. And like you said, uh, when we were talking about it, uh, as we were watching the movies, like what's the next one going to be like Wonder Woman 2004? Like, right. what, <laughs> like what is this the way that they're going to do them now? Is they're going to do them by year? And it's not mm-hmm. really going to have any contextual, importance to the media to the movie itself so right uh, yeah i just uh it just baffled me it was it was baffling in a lot of ways the, the things that they did right in the first movie mm-hmm. they didn't do them right in the second movie like yeah. the, the the background of the, the backstory even the the way they started the second movie they had some that crazy olympic competition thing and it just felt awkward and and like you said you can imagine the how the crowd was going to be like they're all watching the queen's daughter perform it's like she's not getting any favoritism there right totally. and it just felt like what are we doing here we're just having special effects for the sake of special effects and then that was that just added to the pile that was the movie mm. like a two and a half hour wonder woman movie i mean really and when you have robin wright Connie Nielsen and Linda Carter and you kind of waste them Mm -hmm. in the scenes that they were in. Mm -hmm. I'm really hoping Wonder Woman 3 has gotten the green light and I'm hoping that the Linda Carter cameo is setting up a bigger role for her Mm -hmm. in Wonder Woman 3 because she's Linda Carter. She was awesome in the first one. You can't waste her on, you know that crappy little post credit scene. Yeah. So the, in the original series, she was amazing. I remember when I was in Florida there a couple of years ago, I got stuck watching old TV <laughs> and uh, I watched some Wonder Woman episodes and she was just kick ass. I'm really jealous that when you had got stuck watching old TV, you watched Wonder Woman. And when I got stuck watching old TV, I got stuck watching freaking Bonanza, <laughs> which was like one of the most excruciating things I've ever seen in my entire life. And 
Well, I also watched in that same extravaganza. I also watched the A Team and the Greatest American Hero. Oh, so I had a I had a festival going on there. It was, oh, man. was pretty sweet. Let me tell you, super jelly. Yeah. So uh, there was another thing I was going to mention about this too. Is that um, oh yes, so they've they announced almost right away that like you said, the third one is going to get made. And I re- I love this the the reason they cited the reason they cited was that the fr- the second one made so much money right off the top that they had to. Uh, it was so popular, I guess. Oh, so it got streamed a lot? It got streamed a lot, and yeah. it was in theaters, and to the extent that it's in theaters, it was successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they said, we're going to make a third one. It's like, not because the second one was really good, or there's a clamoring for it or anything like that. It's like, oh, there was so much money made. It's like, yeah, just churn out another stupid movie that's going to be the exact same situation, and we're going to have Chris Pine coming back in some yeah. way, shape, or form. Yeah, totally. He's I mean, if he came back, back for the second one, why yeah. wouldn't he come back for the third one? So it's just going to be dopiness extended i mean you know with franchises they keep going until one loses money finally right so well and then and even then the, the, like you get the superman thing and it went downhill and then all of a sudden it's back and then you know spider-man and all that sort of stuff was it somebody i read somewhere said that uh pedro pascal and wonder woman 84 is like richard Pryor and superman 3 <laughs> <laughs> they made that comparison, and I very vaguely remember Richard Pryor in Superman three. Yeah. But yeah, he was. I, I I barely remember it, but it was not the place for him. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't his movie. <laughs> so overall, adults, what would you give Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four? Well, of the two movies that we watched, I would uh, I would give the first one. So Wonder Woman, I would probably give it. Um, you know, maybe one and a half. And then Wonder Woman 84, I'd probably give it one. Wow. Out of out of two? Out of two. Out of two? Yeah. That's like, a lot better than I would give it. Uh, yeah, I just... Did I say one and a half? Yeah. Yeah, maybe one and a quarter. Okay. Yeah, one and a quarter. Mm-hmm. I, I got to change my rating system. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's too restrictive. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I... I loved it. It was worth 1.75329. This is why I do the letter grades, because you can add the plus and the minus, yeah. and they're shades. You're way they're sm- shades of grade. You're way smarter than I am. So what would you give it, Coco? I give it like a D minus. Uh, so what would you give the first one? Like a B minus. Yeah, yeah. Like, second one is definitely D to D minus, for sure. It's pretty yeah. pretty not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Two and a half hours of superhero slag. And the first hour, you can just cut out totally. Right. Like, you, you don't even need it. Which is a bad sign with a movie. Right. Like, how long did it make? How long did it take them to make that hour of movie? Right. <laughs> like, six months? I don't know. Total time. So, uh, take the recommendation as you will, listener. In this, our very first podcast of 2021. And our very first podcast of our fourth season. Oh, we are so successful. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all the money we're rolling around in. Can I make the wish? Where is Pedro Pascal? Can I like grab him and be like, I wish to make a lot of money on our podcast? I, I can't tell listener what my wish is for two, 2021. <laughs> Maybe off air, I'll tell you. Oh, please. I can't wait. <laughs> so on that note. On that note, listener. Thank you for tuning in again. We appreciate you. We appreciate you letting your friends and family know that we are here. We are reviewing all of the latest streaming uh, offerings on Netflix, Disney Plus, and Amazon Prime, and for today, HBO Max. So until next time, I'm not Dalt. And I'm not Coco. <laughs>